back to uh, making the brand with my friend Bill Watkins. It's been an honor to get to know you over the past uh, year, and I would say like just immediate gravitation and become fast friends, but can you give a, a quick intro on yourself? Sure. Bill Watkins, Army brat, West Point graduate, Army engineer, served in uh, several posts around the world, uh, left the military for corporate America, left corporate America to start my own first company in the b little bonus room in my cul-de-sac house. I built that to five companies, sold them in 2012, and uh, then started a coaching company. And through that coaching company, I began coaching Bubba and helping Giver. And then I became active in Giver uh, in 2019. It's awesome. And it's amazing to me, like, how many, I mean, your journey is, is inspiring. But just to see how many things you have your hands in, it's almost like every time I talk to you, you have something else. But how do you, how do you balance all of it and find excellence in operating with everything you put your hands in? Well, first of all, I don't, I don't believe in balance. I believe a little bit in kind of the principle of Tai Chi where you're ebbing and you're flowing. I think when people set themselves up for balance, they set themselves up for failure because life is never balanced. Mm -hmm. The best example, I just visited my daughter. Uh, I have a three-year-old grandson and a baby on the way. Uh, when, I, when she first had her, had Theodore, in uh, COVID of 2020, her life went from single, you know, couple, no children, uh, to baby in the house, there's no way you can find balance with that. Mm -hmm. It all goes out the window. Now they have semi-balance, uh, but they're going to have a granddaughter, or I'm going to have a granddaughter mm -hmm. in May, and their life will once again move to unbalance, so to speak. Mm -hmm. so I think it's a matter of ebbing and flowing. How do you achieve excellence? Well, crap, after our meeting today, I don't feel too much like I'm delivering excellence. Uh, but I believe in always setting high standards and choosing world-class over half-ass, and then uh, finding great people to, to guide or to assist or to be part of achieving those world-class standards. I see it as stewardship, that with great power, so to speak, comes great responsibility, and I believe we employ people and we serve customers to the standards that they want and therefore world class is the only option yeah. right. I love that world class over half ass um, so <clears throat> something I read last week was that your pers personality is essentially set by the time you're 14 mm -hmm. and it seems like knowing you for, for the past year so much of what you're about is from was formed and molded from your time in the military. Mm. And so who was Bill Watkins before the military versus who is Bill Watkins now like mm. after that that time? I think Bill Watkins is uh, Bill Watkins's DNA threads can go all the way back to the stories that my mother will tell. Mm. Uh, we just celebrated her 91st birthday and you know it's it's fun to sit around with my younger siblings and my mother and hear her tell stories of her, you know, oldest child, 
of which now I'm about 70, so <laughs> kind of hard to think of yourself as a child. But yeah. to her, she still remembers those stories. And the threads, you know, go all the way back to a real quick personal story. I usually don't talk about myself unless it's relevant, but in this case, uh, she tells the story of being called to the principal's office when I was in first grade, and the principal wanted to help my mother counsel me that don't be the first person to take your paper up if it's not done. But I was always watching the other kids in class, and I would race up with even if my paper wasn't done so that I would hand it to the teacher first. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I always wanted to win. I always mm-hmm. wanted to stand mm-hmm. on the podium. My military roots go all the way back to my father, who was a career military officer. He served in World War II as a Marine. And I still hear uh, phrases or value sets or cultural beliefs that my father shared with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of us children, coincidentally, never wanted to go into the military. It was the antithesis of what we wanted to do when we were teenagers, but we all ended up in the military. And my brother and my sister are both retired military officers. My sister married my West Point roommate. And so um, the threads that my father instilled at the dinner table and through his example in life have followed us all the way through till today. So much of the much of the DNA that I express today, maybe in our meetings today, the way that I spoke or how I how I think, it all goes back to those mm-hmm. common threads that my dad um, shared with us. Yeah, so it began even before you ever even in the military. I think so. yeah, it did. Just yeah. because the military was part <clears throat> of our family, um, <clears throat> my I, I, my mother tells the story of she was. 21, my father was on his second tour in uh, the Korean War, and uh, I was born uh, at the West Point Hospital, and I didn't even meet my father until about nine months later when he came back uh, from that active duty assignment. So the military has been in our family all, all through that period of time, and so there was unconscious imprinting, and then of course there was conscious imprinting as uh, dad would speak to us or discipline us or teach lessons or whatever he did. Mm. So you talk about winning and being focused on winning and mm-hmm. that being an obsession. And I know you've talked about how that's kind of had a negative impact earlier as a business and just mm-hmm. all in on business. Mm-hmm. Would you go, and, and I think you've also talked about like, what would you do? Like take care of yourself, sleep more, two yep. different things. What would you, what would you do to strike that? I don't want to say balance, but with family life versus business life and just managing both. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great question. And it's the foundation of why I set up my coaching company the way that I did uh, is because I'm, I'm teaching and I'm, I'm guiding uh, people who are the Bill Watkinses of 30 years ago to do what I did not do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned from my father hard work and I learned from my father through his military service and I remember my father would say accomplish the mission mm-hmm. uh, you know my father grew up in World War II in the Korean War in the Vietnam War he had a couple of tours there and so uh, my father was all about accomplish the mission because when you don't uh, then the military was you know male only so he'd say men die mm-hmm. well I would hear that as a 
10-year-old or right. as a 12-year-old. And, right. and so your mission, Bill, is to get an A-plus or your mission is to hit a home run or mm-hmm. whatever. And it, it became... I understand why my father was teaching me that, and it's done really, really well for me in life. was on a couple of Olympic teams, and I've, I've just, everything that I've touched has turned into gold, Jordan. Mm-hmm. But any strength taken to an extreme can be, become a huge blind spot. Mm-hmm. And the blind spot that I had was the mission just became very cloudy. The mission, when my daughter was three years old, was getting my daughter in bed at 7.30, but my daughter was a three-year-old, mm-hmm. and she wanted to play with her duck in the bath. Mm-hmm. So was I the patient guy? No, I was the mission guy. Right. You, you need to quit being three years old. We need to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Same thing happened with getting home for dinner on time. Uh, I'd miss dinners. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing with taking three-week trips because I didn't have a lot of money back when I started my companies and I was away from home. So what, what I want to teach now is that there is a way to win at business, win at life, and win in the mirror to do that at the same time. Now, most people don't do that, Joel. Mm-hmm. It's not popular. Mm-hmm. Work hard, you know. I sleep only three hours a night. Right. I work on weekends. I haven't taken a vacation in four years. This is what's popular, Mm -hmm. but you're a family man, and you know Mm -hmm. from your value set that someday that will become dysfunctional. It was dysfunctional for me. You know, things have worked out okay. I have a great relationship with my kids, but we had to get through a lot of stuff. I ended up divorced Mm -hmm. from my first wife. That was a very dramatic and traumatic occasion uh, in our family. And so uh, I vowed in 2012 when I sold those companies and then ultimately chose to develop this coaching company that I would not let another human who chose to believe in me to go down the path that I went if I had anything to say about it. Mm. And hence this so-called ebbing and flowing between work, life, and developing your inner self. And that's what excited me the most about Lions Pride and what Mm. you're building there of just it's not just business excellence and just growing and making more money and having a bigger team and having things. It's mm-hmm. about, I mean, when I check in with Jeff, it's how you're doing in the personal life, how's your diet, yep. how's your fitness, how's your yep. family, how's, yep. how's, how's work. Um, so that, that part fires me up. So I think you've done it. So congrats on having that impact of sure. using your story to help others go a different path. I mean, to the negative stuff, but then also follow your example on the positive stuff, too. Exactly. I, you know, a lot of my story on the positive side has come from the negative. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's okay. I think the only failure in life is when something doesn't go right, often self-inflicted, and then, then I don't learn from it. Yeah. Um, I'm teaching a course now t- uh, over the next nine weeks called The Science of Happiness, and the science of happiness is based on some some theories that have been well researched and well published. Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, we we need to get above survival, but then we move towards self-esteem and joy and happiness and self-actualization. The the Harvard study of adult development is the longest. It's been almost eight decades of studying. Uh, I think around eight hundred uh, uh, men and women. 
and and um, deci- not deciding, but uh, detailing the dynamics of human happiness over a long period of time. And I will tell you, work is not in that. Mm. It's relationships. It's finding satisfaction and purpose. It's uh, relationship skills. It's enjoying. Uh, it's called joy or enjoyment. Mm. And a lot of us are like, I don't have time for enjoyment. I got to work. I got to mm. do this. I got to get this project done. I got to sign this contract. But the, the science of happiness, for example, says that we're unconscious to the true dynamics and determinants of our long-term happiness. That, that if, you're, if you're 40 and you have a fantastic relationship with a significant other or a spouse, there are four times greater odds that you will be happy at 80. The research is right there. Mm. Arthur Brooks wrote Strength to Strength based on all his research. And it, and it just, all these tools are there for us as humans to, to decide today what I'm going to do for happiness. But when I was your age, you could have slapped 500 research papers down on me, but I knew exactly. I needed to win in my career. I needed to make more money. I needed mm-hmm. to sign more deals. And then everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. Not true. Mm. Not true. And so that's why I'm that grizzly bear sort of person in people's lives trying to wake them up to something they don't see on that splash of cold water to say, what if I'm right, Joel? Mm -hmm. What if what you think is going to make you and your family happy and you're wrong? Do you want to go two decades and then discover that? I don't think you do. Mm. That's powerful. And yeah, no, it's really forced me to think about a lot of things that I of my wiring and it's just like we're putting the hours, yeah. you know, grind and that whole culture of, you know, rise and grind, or it, you know, first one in last one out. And, but just rewiring that you can be more productive in four focused hours than you can in 10 distracted hours and just how you can use your time more wisely. Um, so you had this exit. It's obviously like a big moment. For, for you because I, I know you've, mm-hmm. you've talked about the implications of that what that means for you and your future generations yeah um but one thing i'm so impressed by is just you still have such a high motor like there's no letting off the gas like you're climbing mount everest one week and then you're building this company the next and then you're coaching at a tactical advance a summit like how do you where do you draw that the motivation the inspiration from well my wife says i'm delusional yeah she, she says uh, Miguel Cervantes should have written another book after Don Quixote called Bill Watkins <laughs> because she says you're just, she says, I, I don't know, and we've known each other since high school, so it's kind of a laugh uh, between the two of us. And, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 70, and here I am still working with mm-hmm. a lot of energetic and talented young people when every one of my West Point classmates is done, yeah. so to speak. You know, they're all taking cruises and serving in the church and mowing their lawn and stuff. Mm-hmm. But very, I think only one guy, a good friend of mine, is, is still working like me. So why do that? Mm, I, th- I think it, it comes from way back when, when Dad said accomplish the mission. And I think, uh, was, you know, we share a common Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God anointed me with... A lot of talent, 
uh, and, and a lot of so-called power that I've honed over the years, and he gave me a drive to serve, to be, have a generous heart. I call it radical generosity. Right. And I think, uh, and, and this is a constant dynamic between my two inner selves of I, I want to serve my spouse and I want to serve my children and, and my grandchildren. And I love being with Theodore. Mm-hmm. I, I, how old are your children? Seven, four, one. Okay, so four. Three's not that far away, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a 20-minute walk. This was on Monday. 20-minute walk to the park. Uh, and because we were going to the park playground, Theodore scootered there, mm-hmm. and it took 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know toddlers, the toddler <laughs> delay tactics, the TDTs. So coming back took two and a half hours. Wow. Yeah, because he did not want to go back, and there was five million things to do on the way and a rock to throw and a dog to pet and all this stuff. And yet I wanted to be in that moment. I did not want to be rushed. Mm-hmm. And But on the other hand, you know, I needed to get ready for this meeting. Mm-hmm. I needed to do my thing. And so I, I waver back and forth, you know, who am I yeah. serving? Right. But I believe that um, for each of us, whether you sell your companies and you're 60 and you're done and, and, you know, you go on cruises with your spouse or you continue to work like me, I think we have to get crystal clear. And I think that's where on the one page personal plan, we're defining like, what is our core purpose? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that say on our tombstone? Right. And, and what does our 25 year desired life look like? And I think my life shows that I'm like my son, son-in-law and my daughter asked me the other night, I don't know how it came up, but they were saying, dad, and, and I know it sounds morbid on your podcast, but they were saying, and I don't know why they asked me, but somehow we got into, well, what will you be thinking in your final minutes? Mm. And I said, one, that everybody's okay. Donna, you, Theodore, right. David, my son and, and his uh, uh, family. I said that um, that I have poured into those relationships and then I have developed incredible experiences so that I have memories even if I don't have money. Mm. And with those things, I can flicker out and I'll be totally fine. Wow. And so I think uh, if you relay that to what we've been doing today, I'm continuing to serve to make sure everybody's okay. I'm not going to let people down. The mission has to be accomplished mm-hmm. because I think God called me to that. Right. Oh, it's amazing. And in in my house, I I've been pushing my kids on this to be better than I am. Of finish the job. Like mm. if you start something, you got to finish it. Whether it's brushing your teeth or putting something away or mm-hmm. basketball practice, like mm-hmm. you got to finish the job. Yeah. Um, no, it's amazing. So, <clears throat> so getting to know you and getting to know how you run your businesses, um, it's very like data-driven, black and white, this is good or this is bad. So how do you balance like being data-driven versus trusting your God and listening to your instincts? Not easy. Um, definitely not easy. I've trusted my gut a bunch of times, and, and I've probably been wrong as much as I've been right. And so I, I do believe in data. But to a point, you know, on the Colby scale, I'm a I'm a six fact finder, so I'll gather data to a point, and then I'll rely on my intuition. If if I go too much further, then I feel like I'm I'm making too slow a decision, and so uh, the the six in me 
and the fact finder in the Colbier is is gathering this data mm. and making this analysis like we were talking about yeah. today, okay? But in some things, we just have to go. Mm-hmm. In some things, we just have to say we don't have complete data. Mm-hmm. We're not sure about the battlefield, but this is what we're going to mm-hmm. do. And that's when, um, you know, my top strength in, in Gallup String Finder is command. Right. And that's where I take command. That's when I... I make a strategic analysis, and then I move forward. I think the beauty in that, uh, Joel, and, and here's what I would do to a, the, the high fact finders out there are like, ah, don't make me make a quick decision. Mm-hmm. And then the high quick starts out there are like, we just need to go, go, go. I think the magic in that is being willing to continue the analysis, to readily admit that there may have been a mistake, and then quickly pivot. Right. I think for me personally, that is much safer choice in lead leadership than aim, 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 mm. and then maybe fire. Right. I'm okay with the aim fire, and then I'm like at the Oda loop, observe it, orient, orient observe, uh, decide, act, rinse, repeat, meaning go back and observe right. what we decided and then change. One thing that my my parents came over here from India in the 70s as immigrants, worked hard, very blue-collar, you know, multiple jobs to put my sister and I through school um, and, you know, bearing the fruits of that. But it's funny to me when I'm with my mom and she's like, I don't want any of your kids to be business people because she sees the hours and she sees the stress or she sees mm. the risk. Um, would you want your your kids or your grandkids to follow in your footsteps entrepreneurially? Well, I didn't allow my kids to buy my company for that reason. Mm-hmm. The answer was no. The answer was, if you want to be an entrepreneur, I'll sell the company, I'll give you a bunch of money, and then you mm-hmm. can go do your thing. But I'm not going to let you have the burden of dad's company. Right. Uh, that's number one. Um, I have had both sets of children have uh, started companies, sold companies. I have a son who's got a business uh, over in Norway that he's developing and it's just amazing to see what they're doing. Um, and, and I would say that I answered this with my son this summer, and I answered this with my daughter uh, the other night. I said, what I really want you to do is I want you to dig deep into your soul and find that place where you can be you, whether it's what Dad did or not. Mm-hmm. You have my approval in any direction you want to go. Wow. I said, I want to support you. I want to cheer you. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be a librarian, if you want to be a corporate salesperson, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it really doesn't matter as long as I know that you've done some due diligence with yourself and you have peace. Hmm. And then, for example, my son, well, both of them, they've pivoted into different things. They did this, got bored with it, but it didn't work out or whatever. They sold the company. Then they went and did this. And I think that's a great way to go in life. All right. So last question. I think you already touched on it. Sure. Amazingly, actually. um, I always ask 100 years from now, what do you want to be remembered for? 100 years from now? Those three things. One, did I accomplish the mission, meaning like all the people that I deeply care about, that trust me, that care back, that I can love on? When, when, you know, my last moment and my last breath exhales, 
Maybe they're sad, but at least they feel cared for, and that I left them in a good place, both relationally and, and financially. Uh, did I, in the case of my loved ones, fill them with experiences and memories? Mm. In other words, was I absent or was I present? And then third, did I fill myself with memories? Like as, as my, my last moments, you know, they say, well, your life rolls. What does it say? They, flashes before your flashes eyes. Flashes before your eyes. Is that like me working all the time? Or is that mm. like Everest? Is that Kilimanjaro? Is that swimming the Atlantic Ocean? Yeah. Is that Olympic athletics? What, what is that? Because I think we can earn all the money we want, but you only have three things, Joel. You got time, you got money, and you got health. And these are dynamically changing as we age. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when. Right. And so a lot, most people, including my 91-year-old mother, who is fit as a fiddle, but 91, mm-hmm. of course she doesn't have unlimited time, but she's healthy, so she has more time. She has a ton of money. My father and her saved every penny, but she doesn't have the health so that she can use the time to spend the money. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yeah. And so I think in every moment of our life, we should be saying to ourselves, you know, people say bucket lists. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. We should do bucket decades. Mm. So you say, hey, I'm 25. I don't have any family. Okay, I don't have tons of money, but I got tons of time, and boy, am I healthy. I'm going to go cross Australia and hitchhike. Mm. And I, I'll never be able to do that when I'm 40. I got a corporate job, maybe I have a spouse, I got three kids, a cul-de-sac house. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go do that now. Wow. And, and so we're, I think we're constantly, this is what I want, those three things. I want to be able to look at that and say, I manage my time, I manage my money, and I manage my health. And I would prefer to die with zero, mm-hmm. meaning zero money, but a billion memories mm-hmm. for me and the ones that I love. So. Where do I want to be or what do I want people to say in 100 years that I did those three things? Amazing. Awesome. Well spoken. Thank you for your time, Bill. And uh, I appreciate it. And, and thank you for all you do for us and the entrepreneur community. Bro, bro. So thank you. Let's do this. Yeah. LFG. <laughs> thank you.